and around false accusal uh, of rape rape victims, uh, rape vict- or, or false rape ac- accusations, so to speak. But we will get the opportunity to do that in uh, the final hour of the show. Uh, of course, uh, this hour, I'm in conversation with uh, Obakeng Haidate, who will be speaking to me uh, about the technical recession. Uh, you know, South Africa is in a recession. In, in many ways, we're in a recession. Although, not yet technically, because if I'm not mistaken, we did have a an uptick in the Second loss in the in in two quarters ago, and obviously in the last quarter we then dipped by three point two percent. But the dip is so significant that you should actually consider us to be in a recession of some sort. The biggest dip, obviously, in uh, the last ten years. That's three point two percent. And I wonder what happened to Ramaphoria. Wasn't that supposed to be an uptick for us? We're having that conversation. So if you want to participate, it's 021-446-0567. If you're in Cape Town, give us a call, 011-883-0702. If in Johannesburg, give us a call over there. You can tweet me at Oliver underscore speaking uh, if you would like to be a part of this conversation or simply just SMS on 31702 or 31567. The WhatsApp line is 072-702-1702. Obakeng, good evening and thank you so much for joining us. Good evening, uh, Oliver. I'm very happy to be here. Let's 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 start with that very basic question. Uh, are we in a recession? Yes, we are. Uh, we are in a recession, uh, and I think it's important that um, we, as a South African public, realize that this is not a first time this mm. is happening, and therefore we need to go into the reasons why. And I believe we go if we go into the reasons why. It'll help us to better chart the waters into the future. Yeah. Uh, wh- what would you say uh, perhaps are the most basic reasons for us being in the economic position that we are right now? Look, there's a number of reasons. I think what we, we're going to look at three reasons yeah. why we are in recession. But I think uh, before we even go into the why we are in recession, I think it's important that we understand the the definition of what recession is. Yeah. I think... Uh, we need to understand what the economy is when you talk about GDP, when you talk about the economy expanding, the economy yeah. contracting. I think it's important that we should understand the components of these deep English terms. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, so, and having done that, then we need to step back and say, okay, now that we understand what the economy is all about, why are we where we are? Because I believe that once we understand what the economy is and, and when Stats SA says we are in recession, understanding what that means enables us to say, okay, why are we where we are? And then it will enable us to be able to say, how can we change things? Yeah. Okay. So what would you say... Um Let's look at those three reasons you spoke about. Let's let's start with the one that you think is the biggest impact uh, or the biggest reason we are in the situation we are in. Okay, the the first reason we are where we are, it is because of the errors that has been made by our leaders. Uh, and that error is 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 the error that has has excluded one of the key components yeah of factors of production. Because, Oliver, let's remember what the economy is all about. We talk about uh, GDP, the very yeah. definition of GDP. We are talking about uh, gross domestic product. Now, what is gross domestic product? And it's very interesting when you look at the publication from Stats SA, they look at production. Um, this, I'm just looking at this document here from uh, 
uh, it's called, you know, the, the first quarter and they're saying GDP has yes. gone down. And they show you how production has decreased in various Sectors. sections of the economy. Yeah. Okay. The one that stood out for me, obviously, there was mining uh, down ten, uh, uh, more than ten percent, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it's down thirteen point two percent. Agriculture down thirteen point two percent. Yeah. And 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 if we aren't productive in agriculture, if we aren't productive in mining, which was down ten point eight percent, then really we aren't a productive country because those uh, two are speak to our production capacity. Absolutely, absolutely, Oliver. Let's look at that that terminology productive we are not a productive economy and the question we need to ask ourselves is what are the factors of you know what are the factors of production yeah because for mining to be more productive for agriculture to be more productive we need to get into the components and uh, uh, one of the founders of economics uh, adam smith um, in 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 his uh, article on the wealth of nations he starts talking about factors of production. And so mm. in, in as much as we're talking about the economy and we're talking about production, I think it's important that we should understand what are the factors of production. Sure. Let's get into those. Uh, uh, because we're going to have to, at some point in this conversation, address the question, how do we turn this around? Right. Absolutely. And, 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 and for us to know how we turn it around, we need to know what, the, what causes the problem. Why is it the case that agriculture is not well, at, at, at zero sum? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Looking at agriculture, let's go back to the issue, the factors of production. Adam Smith started by saying that in the economy, you've got uh, factors of production. He said capital, land, and labor. Yeah. Now, if you look at how we have evolved as economists to say that in the 1700s, Adam Smith was saying that capital, land, and labor, these are the factors of production. Today in 20, where are we? We're in 2019. Mm, as economists, mm. we've added uh, the issue of entrepreneurship and intrapreneurship. Mm. So here we are in 2019, we are saying what are the factors of production? We're saying there's five factors of production. You've got capital, you've got labor, You've got land, you've got entrepreneurship, you've got entrepreneurship. Yeah. Now, let's look at these five factors. And this is not only the South African challenge, it is global. So now, if we have to have a productive economy, all these five factors of production needs to be productive. And when I say to you that one of the biggest errors, one of the biggest challenges we are where we are, yes, we will look at the three reasons we are where we are. I'm saying the first reasons we are where we are is because of the errors committed by our leaders. And when I say the errors committed by our leaders, I must, I must um, uh, put a caveat to that because also I understand why the error has been made. Mm. It is because of a long history of colonialism and some of the errors in mindset and consciousness. So, they can be forgiven our leaders. Let's let's talk, let's talk about what are those errors? What would you say those errors are that our leaders have committed? If you if you if you take any any week, any month and you say what are the leaders talking about? The error they are making is that they talk a lot about creating employment mm. and very little about growing businesses. Mm. Now, 
the error in that is that uh, I remember when I was when I was researching for one of the books I've written. I think it is the latest book that is called Unemployed and Unproductive. I realized that our leaders were talking about creating employment four times as much as we're talking about growing businesses. Now, what that does is it shows you the mindset of the leadership that the mindset of the leadership believes erroneously so that they can create employment. Now, if they speak a lot about we will create employment and very little about let us grow businesses, the mindset and the consciousness that is coming forth is is that we as a leaders, we can create employment. Now, that is a first error. Mm. And that is why we find ourselves where we are. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's fascinating you mention that because uh, oftentimes we hear the disclaimer and the qualifier that government doesn't create jobs. But yet the president would come and say, hey, we're going to create this many jobs. Yeah. But the answer is government doesn't create jobs. And there's an in- inherent clash in that messaging Yes. Uh, and, and, and when you ask the question, how do you plan on creating jobs, uh, the fumbling starts. Exactly, exactly. So, so you see, when I say we are where we are because of this error by the leaders, yeah. another error, this is the third error we will discuss, is the error made by the citizens. So when I'm talking about the error made by the citizens, today, um, I mean, in the recent um, uh, report by Stats SA, I think the numbers are saying that there's 9 million South Africans that are not working. Yeah. Now, the error that we have made as a citizens is that we have believed the error that government can create jobs. Now, out of in one of in, in one of my writings, I'm saying that the problem we have in South Africa is not unemployment. The problem we have is unproductivity. And so when I talk to the citizens, I'm saying we as a citizens, the reason we've got nine million of us that are unemployed. It's not actually, it's not, it's not even that we are unemployed. The truth is that we are unproductive. Mm. So the error we have made as a citizenry is that we have believed that we are unemployed. But the truth is we are unproductive. Let me, let me explain to you how I understand the distinction and you tell me if, if you think I'm getting it correct. Yeah. Unemployment is a problem insofar as people say to be able to stay alive and, 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 and put food on the table keep uh, you know the kids in school put clothes on our backs we need to have money uh, okay. to have that and to cover our health care we need money and okay. to have that money we need jobs right okay um, and therefore you know the fact that we don't have jobs is the reason we are unemployed but if we're productive yeah and the productivity outcome is that we can give people free education free health care uh, we can make it we can give people a cost of living that's reasonable then the unemployment question isn't as big as it as as it should be, right? That's correct. I think Oliver, let's 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 go back to the the. I'm wanting to look at some of the ways you're using. You're saying it is correct that people say we need jobs and all that. Mm. But the truth, you said people say we need jobs, we need money. That's correct. We need money, but money does not come from jobs. Money comes from being productive. And I think this is this is the error that we as a citizens have made. We have believed that we need to get jobs to get money. Yeah. But the truth is we need to be productive and money will be the result. Yeah. O double one eight eight three O seven oh two. Do give me a call uh, if you would like to engage uh, in this conversation. That's our Johannesburg number O two one four four six O five six seven. That is our Cape Town number. Uh, and engage in this conversation. What do you make of it? Uh, the, specifically around the distinction between productivity uh, and uh, the distinction between 
unemployment. We're not unemployed. We're unproductive more than yes. anything. And I think that is an, a very important uh, distinction there. Uh, and it speaks to our economic uh, situation and position right now. Uh, so, Obageng, uh, let's let's talk very briefly about then how do we how do we our leaders. Yeah. How do they change the language they use when they speak about economic crises? All right. So, so talking about our leaders, and I was mentioning that uh, they can be forgiven, and the reason I'm saying they can yeah. be forgiven is because of the mindset and the socialization that we find ourselves subjected to. The majority of the, our leaders come from the school of thought where our parents, with all due respect, taught us mm-hmm. So we come from the socialization that, uh, and you must remember that our parents are very important people in our lives. Yes. So when my mother says to me, Obakien, you must go to school and get a job. I believe her. I believe him. He's my dad. He's my mm, mother. Mm. And this is where our leaders come from. And when I say the error that they have made, I'm saying that it is important that we need to understand that the times have changed. And our leadership our leadership needs to understand that today we are no longer in the in the economy where people need to go to school, get mm. educated, and get employed. That admonition is no longer valid in 2019. The reason we talk about uh, being productive is that when you are productive, you need to be saying, what am I good at? What can I do? How can I save my community? How can I save my country? And what that does is when you focus on using your skills and talents to be productive, what that automatically does is it puts you in your own business to serve. And when I was saying earlier on that it's not jobs that give us money, it is productivity that gives us money. Mm. I think something that we need to, be, to accept, Oliver, is the fact that you have many people that are employed that are not productive. Mm, mm. One of the reasons you have many companies today folding, one of the reasons we have many companies uh, 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 going for liquidation is because they have employees that are not productive. So it is therefore very important that we realize that employment does not equal productivity. And when I wrote in, in one of my books and I said that the challenge we have in South Africa, and I must say, I must emphasize, it's not only the South African problem. In many countries that mm, I travel yeah. in, it's the same problem I find is that when us as a citizenry becomes more productive, then the economy grows, uh, uh, our companies grow, uh, we get big bonuses because of the productivity we are having in our companies and the large revenues that the companies earn. So we need to understand that when I say the leaders have made an error, uh, I must emphasize that we understand where they are coming from. We understand that we come from a society where our parents were saying, go to school, get educated, and get a job. So the correction that needs to take place is that, as I was saying earlier, to say that our leaders talk more about creating employment. What needs to happen is the issue of creating employment must be only 10%. 90% of their speak should be, how can we as government, how can we as leaders encourage our citizens to get into their own businesses? How can we as the leaders, as a government, encourage our people to find their niche, find their talents and skills? How can we develop them so that they become productive? And that is what needs to happen. It's nine million South Africans we're speaking about here, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's a hell of a lot of people you, who you have to go and proselytize into changing their mindset from 
you know, uh, unproductive South Africans to how do I use my skill set? How do I use what I'm good at yeah, yeah. Uh, to become economically active? Let me tell you, Obakeng, a big fear of mine. Yeah. And, 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 and you can, uh, uh, you know, explain to me what you think the approach should be linguistically but also mindset like when approaching yeah. it especially from the top in our political leadership but also in our business leadership right because you when we started this conversation you said uh the question government should be asking themselves is not how do we create jobs but how do we grow businesses uh, and i'm assuming when businesses grow jobs are being created as a byproduct of you that growth, that. right? Yeah. Um, although a lot of uh, business people can argue that, hey, as businesses grow, we downsize our staff because uh, we have better ways of doing things without making use of the skills of people. But here's a big fear I have, Obakeng, mm. and, 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 and hopefully we can uh, comb through the scenario, you and I. Yeah. We in an era where technology will disrupt and is disrupting our livelihoods in unprecedented ways, right? True, very true. Uh, Minds are employing less and less people than they used to because they've mechanized a lot of the manual labor. Uh, Call centers no longer employ people because they've got uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning (laughs) that replaces the function of a call center agent, right? Mm -hmm. So now you have very few jobs available in the market, but more people uh, unemployed then there are jobs available yeah. but the reality is the number of unemployed people will continue growing while the number of available jobs will continue shrinking as a result of many of those jobs becoming redundant uh, uh, because of mechanization and the disruption of technology absolutely and to that effect i then believe we're going to get to a point where th- there will be no jobs to talk about because everything that we can do as a human being a a machine can do at some point accountants won't be necessary right at some point auditors won't be necessary (laughs) Uh, you may want to keep the lawyers around because a lot of intuition there but at some point you may not even need medical doctors where very complex surgeries can be performed by machines right very true and so even at the top of highly skilled jobs there will be a growth in scarcity that's true how then as a government, do you think about the future 50 years from now where there will be no jobs, but there will be a vast number of people without jobs and those people need to be alive. Those people need to be productive, as you say. Those people need to be able to live meaningful and humane lives in that economic climate. Yeah, Oliver, I think what you're talking about is you're talking about the reality of the changing times. Yeah. And now the reality of the changing times says that government must stop talking about creating jobs because as you are rightly saying artificial intelligence is keeps reducing the number of jobs that are out there now i, I think it's also very important that we as a people need to understand how come and when was this ideology of jobs come from mm. and when we understand that ideology we realize that we cannot go on maintaining the status quo of saying i'm looking for a job i'm looking for a job yeah uh, in in one of my books citizens awake i specifically talked about that to say that we as citizens need to awaken to the fact that the issue of accountants drivers uh, and a whole lot of other professions and employment is changing and reducing so government what should government be doing government should awaken to the truth of the fact that the idea of employment is not going to remain as is. 
what they need to be encouraging when they talk to their citizenry or to us as the people they need to be encouraging us to be to be finding our niche to be becoming more productive saying what are my talents what are my skills you see one of the errors that is going on now i said that the 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 three errors and the re- three reasons we are where we are one of the one of the reasons we are where we are is the mindset of our education system our education system still teaches students do this degree so you can get a job do that degree so you can get a job you must just look at the adverts in the newspapers and everywhere they say you want to you want to improve your chances of getting a job do this degree do this mm. mba and all that stuff so 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 when we look at these these three components these explain why we find ourselves in the mess that we are in the error made by the leaders the error made by the education system and the error that we as a citizenry has made you talk about uh, uh the fact that it's it's a right fear and i think it's mm. it's an appropriate fear to say what is going to happen into the future and you see in 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 that book citizens awake i say we need to awaken to the truth of the fact that my mom and my dad when they said to me son get educated and get a job we must understand it was out of love and it was out of understanding of where they come from yeah today parents can no longer say that to their children mm. we as a people need to awaken to the fact that it is not education that gives you a job you mentioned something very important earlier on to say that what you're looking for is money and the answer is it is not jobs that gives us money it is being productive that gives us money it, so so you're you're 15 years old you're in high school you realize actually man i like making things with my hands i like i i'd make a fantastic carpenter every piece of wood i see i imagine <laughs> a beautiful chair or a beautiful ornament yeah. that comes about and so uh, i'm going to drop out of the school thing and i'm going to focus on 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 my woodwork and see if i can become a fantastic carpenter i'm going to uh, build fantastic sculptures and then i'm going to sit uh on on the side of William Nickel like many of these talented people are and I'm going to yeah. sell my chairs and products from the side of the street and hopefully mm-hmm. people will buy it yeah. maybe I'll make some good money and I can upscale and I can find myself a nice niche little space in a mall and you know uh, increase my prices and mm-hmm. and and you know sell to a, a, a higher quality products and that yes. sort of thing yeah and so that I would imagine is uh someone being encouraged to make use of their skill set to become productive Absolutely. right and and, and and so they do it and they're going to be really good at it because they love it right it's it's something that's innate and inherent to them they 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 are in their element when they do it that's it <laughs> but then comes then comes the other kid who has no passion for carpentry but he can design a a a a, a program uh that can or can design a code or an algorithm whatever the case may be that you can plug into a 3D printer that can print exactly the sculpture that you were going to make and produce it much faster <laughs> and now he outsells you and he knows nothing about woodwork yeah 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 so oliver oliver now here's the thing the challenge in our society now you have this 15 year old who wants to make wood and all that stuff what do the parents do ha, 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 you must get a job you must go to school yeah <laughs> that is a problem yeah. so whereas this youngster could make 
could probably be a leader in the world with what they are doing. But the challenge we face is that their mom and dad and their uncles and their aunties, immediately they start growing fear into them. That, no, you can't do this. Mm. How are you going to live? So this is, this, is, this is the challenge when I say, this is the third challenge we find ourselves in the mess we are in, in that we as a citizens have made an error in thinking that being employed is a solution, and that is not. So mm. that's why I'm saying going into the future, what we as parents must be doing, what the education system must be doing, what the leaders must be doing is they must be saying, how can we encourage that uniqueness? That 15-year-old boy who is saying, making the things, the wood there, this guy who does uh, computers and things, how do we encourage them and help them to, to be better at what they are doing? Yeah. That's what should be happening. And so for the next two quarters, it's unlikely that we're going to see economic growth uh, beyond uh, on the positive side of zero. We're likely to see uh, another uh, slump in the in the economy in the next two quarters, but it may not be as big as a 3.2% slump. It may be a, a 1% slump at, at, at worst case scenario. Because yep. economies fluctuate like that, right? It, it doesn't stay in a bad position all the time, especially our economy. We've been a roller coaster for the last three, four, five years. <laughs> uh, and the question then is, we, we speak of quarterly growth and we speak of quarterly decline. Mm. And uh, if, if we're being honest, a quarter is three months, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we don't speak of how we shouldn't be drawn into fear around the quarterly decline or be made excited about the quarterly growth when that means nothing for the bigger picture for the next 15 years for the next 20 years how do we treat our current economic crisis our 3.2 percent economic slump and how do we turn that into an opportunity that will translate into a productive output 10 15 years from now from the top of our political leadership. What do you think the conversation should be between Cyril Ramaphosa and Titomboweni tonight? Well, so the conversation between our leaders is that we, we need to have a realistic conversation. When, when the president and uh, our minister, Titomboweni, have a discussion, my, encourage to them, my encouragement to them is that we need to be looking at two things. And when I say two things, I'm saying... Let's look at the future and let's look at history. Yeah. It's very interesting to, to look at, you're talking about the quarter. The, the quarterly labor survey uh, that was published recently had a very interesting statistics regarding employment from the year 2011. Okay, so, so when our leaders meet and I'm saying, gentlemen, in as much as you want to look at the future, let's look at what has happened into the past and when you look at now remember here labor is just one element of productivity yeah quarter one of the year 2011 unemployment was sitting at about 24 percent oh based on which definition well okay now that is a narrow definition okay the narrow so, d- so the 20 24 percent is a narrow definition okay. of unemployment and the expanded they expanded, I think it was probably close to 30%. Okay. Okay. If you look at where we are, and look, since 2011 to the recent one, 2019, we were from 24, now we are sitting on 20, 27% unemployed. If you looked at, I did look at the graph of this GDP over the past, I think it comes from 1960. So I'm saying to 
to our leaders, gentlemen, let's look at the past. And when you look at how the economy has grown over the past 10 to 20 years, it has not been pleasing. Our economic growth was very little. And I'm going to be saying, gentlemen, you can therefore not maintain the status quo. You need to stop telling people you will create jobs. One of the critical elements that has been neglected in South Africa is that this, this area of both labor, entrepreneurship, and entrepreneurship, these are the three elements that have been neglected big time. And if our leaders continue to neglect these three components of productivity, I don't see us growing anytime soon. Mm. Oh double one eight eight three oh seven oh two. Give us a call if you'd like to add your voice to this conversation. Uh, it's oh two one four four six oh five six seven. If you're in Cape Town, the WhatsApp number is oh seven two seven oh two one seven oh two, and you can engage on that particular platform as well. And you can also engage me on Twitter, and it's simply at Oliver underscore speaking over there. If you're on Facebook, it's Oliver Dixon. Uh, I have here, Obakeng, a, a, a WhatsApp text saying, uh, from Liza, I'm saying, you will tell me that looting state resources, nor undermining the Constitution, is an error uh, of leadership. Where, where, where does uh, the integrity of leadership come into play in this conversation of yours uh, as far as economic growth is concerned? Because you've got to admit that productivity is slumped by people stealing money, right? To an extent, yes. I accept that that uh, the, the stealing of the state resources, it was one element. However, it is, it is a very minor element when you consider the mindset of the leadership. Yes, we do not condone the fact that state resources were abused because possibly some of those funds could have been used to grow entrepreneurship. Mm. So yes, we do not condone that. But as I say, in the bigger scheme of things, when you consider what has happened over the past 20 years, you must accept that what the leadership must be doing tomorrow is they must change what they are talking to the citizenry. And and so then you, you lead me down the path of then asking what sort of support uh, should government be giving entrepreneurs? Because to be quite honest, there's an extensive amount of support out there for entrepreneurs at the moment, whether financial or otherwise, right? Uh, whether it's, uh, let's see how we can help you gain access to markets. Let's see how we can help you gain access to uh, better uh, you know, resources so that you can put out a product that you can be proud of and one that can you know, that can be sold uh, with pride on the international markets, for instance. Uh, let's see how we can uh, assist you as far as technical support is concerned as well. Uh, okay. Let's see how we as the state can go and negotiate uh, uh, export and import deals on your behalf that will grow your business, that will mm -hmm. secure mm -hmm. your business. So the support structures are out there. There are countless banks and financial institutions and financing structures that exist supported by the state to give money to entrepreneurs. Where are we getting it wrong then? Great. I think it's a great issue you're raising there, Oliver, to say state support is abundant. And um, one of the things I do regularly is I look at the, the budgets of national government. And if you look at the money that government had allocated to the jobs fund was far greater than the money that the National Youth Development Agency and the Small Enterprise Development Agency had. So when our leaders sit on the table and they say, we've got 
let's just make it easy. We've got 100 rands. Here we are as government, we've got 100 rands. How are we going to allocate it? They allocate 80 rands to the ideology of saying, let's have a jobs fund. Yeah. 80 rands. And a, a, a measly 20 rands to supporting entrepreneurs. If you were to let uh, uh, our audience... And what, what would you say, though, are, are the substantive differences between saying putting money in the jobs fund versus putting money uh, in the NYDA or putting money in the IDC or putting money in the development bank? What, what would you say are the fundamental differences between those two things? It's a mindset issue. So when government puts money, when, it, when the government puts more money on the jobs fund, they are perpetuating the ideology that we as citizens should keep on looking for jobs. And they put little money on organizations like Small Enterprise Development Agency. Therefore, the idea, and, and as I say, the big issue is the mindset. With our leaders believing that they must support jobs creation, they, not only with money, with, with the government resources, but also when you speak to speak to any young person who has applied to get money to get a business going on the majority of them are unhappy with your nyda and your cedars because they say they support few people and i've spoken to the leaders in these organizations the truth of the matter is that the allocation of government to these entities that support small businesses is minuscule compared to the billions that go to the jobs fund, as an example. Mm. And that is a big challenge. But it, it may be municipal in, 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 in comparative, right? So mm. it, it's when you compare it um, for, for every rand that's spent, a 20 cents goes towards crea- uh, towards supporting support, businesses yes, yes. Uh, and 80 cents goes towards creating jobs when really you need more of the money to go towards the businesses so that it can create those jobs you're speaking about. Yeah. But it's, it's not as though it's not a lot of money they received, right? It's not It's not like there wasn't a billion rand set aside <laughs> in one financial year uh, for back in, black industrialists, right? Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, no, 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 that's that's true. So, so, so Oliver, the issue here is, the issue here is, remember, we, we are also talking about the fact that we are in the period of the artificial intelligence. Yeah. Now, when we, when we change our mindset tomorrow, let's say for argument's sake, it was, you know, tomorrow when we wake up as South Africans, we will realize that we need to be productive mm. and stop thinking about looking for jobs. What then happens is that in us setting up our businesses, in us looking for ways to be productive, the issue of artificial intelligence, the issue of the fourth industrial, uh, mm. uh, fourth industrial revolution, we would easily adapt. The biggest challenge we have now is we are looking for jobs and you're right the issue of jobs are decreasing. Something you mentioned earlier on, Oliver, uh, uh, and I didn't, I didn't um, uh, talk, talk to it, is that you mentioned that as businesses grow, they downscale mm. in terms of looking for employees. And you see, this is, this is one of the realities of businesses growing. And what we as a citizenry need to do is we need to realize that, you know what, looking for jobs is not, is not an answer to my better life. Looking mm. for jobs is not an answer to me getting money. In in our discussion two weeks ago here, um, we were talking about the truth about unemployment. That us and individuals looking for jobs 
I mean, Stats SA in their in their uh, uh, quarter labor survey, it demonstrates that being employed is not the coolest thing out there. A lot of people that are unemployed, I mean, a lot of people that are employed. One of the issues I would just quickly mention is that they have no retirement benefits. So. People seek to be employed. They work for company X, Y, Z. Because it, it, it gives long-term security. So, so the fact that, so I was talking about the fact that they don't have retirement benefits. They are employed. So it means that when they get 60 years old, they get tossed out of the system. Yeah. And they have to be employed. They have to be supported by their children and their grandchildren and their aunties and so on and so forth. So what we were talking about two weeks ago is the fact that being employed it's not the coolest thing out there. And mm. this is this is where we as a citizenry need to change our mindset. Yeah. I, I, I want us to spend the rest of our time talking about this deadly triangle or, mm. or this holy, unholy matrimony between public, private and labor. Mm. And, uh, you know, if you speak to the guys in, 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 in private, they will say, oh, man. We're retaining so many unproductive people, but there's nothing we can do about it because the labor federations... Uh, you know, uh, uh, will make th- our business ungovernable. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and when you speak to the guys in, in, in public, they say, ah, we, we're meeting our KPIs, yet uh, they have departments that are overstaffed uh, with low output, um, and you see they're wasting money on talent that is not useful. And, and, and so labor federations who protect these workers have a mandate from these workers to protect them, right? Yeah, and so yeah, they will true. do uh, everything they can to protect uh, uh, their constituents. That's true. How do we start speaking in this triangle? And and, and the government always speaks about uh, public-private partnerships to create jobs, public-private partnerships uh, to s- uh, support small businesses by changing procurement practices and procurement guidelines or by changing support practices and support guidelines. And you'll see a lot of uh, big listed companies in South Africa all have a, 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 a budget in their CSI fund that's dedicated towards uh, supporting small businesses and that sort of conversation. H- how do we interpret this sort of behavior we see right now where uh, private companies pacify government by saying, hey, we will put a budget aside, but that budget is also itself insignificant. Uh, and, and and when private companies say, look, we really want to change our, uh, our ability to grow, but we can't just willy-nilly fire people uh, because the, the labor federations uh, would not allow for that to happen yeah. and we will be in an ungovernable state. You can't ignore that political reality. Yeah, very true, very true. So, so there's a number of things that I believe they call for us to to have a sober mind yeah. when we look at these issues. Uh, l- let me start with the issue of of companies having a, a budget to support small businesses. When you speak to chief executives across the board, whether it's in South Africa, in Botswana, in Lesotho, in the United States, in London, the chief executives would say the same thing regarding unproductive labor and regarding supporting small businesses. What they would rather do is they would rather support a business that renders a service to them rather than employ someone who becomes an overhead. Yeah. So if we can think soberly around this, if we could ask every South African to pretend they are the chief executive of a particular company, and we ask them, because you must remember that the issue of labor and employee this represents an overhead. 
when you look at, um, I was looking, we were discussing another report two weeks ago that you have the majority of employees, they are disengaged in their workplace. Mm. What does that mean? Employees that are disengaged, they are just there at work. They're just pushing their hours. They come in, they wait for five o'clock and they go home. That is very sad. That is the reality. Yeah. Now, you ask any CEO is, would you rather have these people working for you or you rather have a company that offers you services? And 99.9% of these CEOs would tell you that we would rather have a contract with a small business, with a company that comes in, does the job, and we pay them. So the reality of the matter is the issue of uh, disengaged employees makes it difficult and it the issue now the landscape of you mentioned the issue of the labor federations one of the things that uh, will be happening into the future is that and the reason mining we spoke about mining briefly why is mining mechanizing is because of this issue that you have people that are just there to push the hours that does not help the economy mm. in our discussion previously we said the the issue of a growing economy requires full productivity by all the components which are factors of production. So it, it doesn't matter what you talk about. You talk about public-private partnership. You talk about labor federations. The truth of the matter is all of us, leaders, education institutions, and even us as individual citizens, we need to awaken to the fact that for us to have a growing economy, we need to be more productive than we have been. So labor federations, the, the, reason the, the reason the companies are mechanizing, the reason the companies would rather not employ is because of the labor laws. And as I say, you're right in that all of us, we cannot, we cannot put government aside, we can't put the private sector aside and, 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 and put the labor aside. We need to realize that we are in this thing together. Mm. And we need to awaken to the truth of what is it that really makes the economy grow. Yeah. So it it you you close it off quite nice and succinctly over there where you say everybody needs to have a, a mindset shift as far as this is concerned. Mm. Who then, how do we ignite that mindset shift? Whose responsibility is it to ignite it? Uh, and, and, and how do we make sure that it reverberates across the 56 million South Africans? I would say the three parties that you're talking about. I, I started by saying that we've got the reason we're in the mess we are in is because of the errors that these three parties have made. And when I say the three parties, I'm saying our leaders yeah. have made an error. I've said that our educational institutions have made an error. And we as citizens, we have made an error. Now, it is the responsibility of all these three parties to come to terms with the truth of what productivity it is. It is the responsibility of these three components in the economy yeah. to realize that, you know what? Actually, it's not unemployment that is a problem. Uh, the fact that the leaders are saying, we will create jobs, we will create jobs, is an error on their part in that they are, they are perpetuating the error that the citizenry is keeping and is holding dear. No, as you know, we must get jobs. As you know, this party, that party, they will create jobs. You see, the fact that they are talking about that, it's perpetuating the error that we as a citizenry hold. So to answer the question, whose responsibility is it? I would, I would place the greater responsibility 
on the individual citizen because the individual citizen is the one that is affected the most by the situation they yeah. find themselves in. The individual citizen is the one that is affected the most by the lack of money. The individual citizen is affected the most by the fact that they don't have decent housing, the fact that um, there is crime. I mean, you look at all the social ills, whether you call it crime, we could mention them. It's, yeah. it's not a discussion. But the reason we have so many social ills, I would place the greatest responsibility on the citizen to say, you need to wake up to the truth of the matter that uh, uh, it's not the government, it's not this big company, it's not the educational institution that will help you get a job. We need to realize that the concept of getting a job is a, is a defunct uh, 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 idea. Mm. In this day and age, with AI coming on, with the fourth industrial revolution, uh, 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 in, with the fourth industrial revolution, we as a citizens should be asking ourselves a question: How can I be more productive, and how can I use my skills and talents to save others? The question I must be asking myself every day is: I've got the skill. How do I improve my skill? How do I improve my talent? To save, and that is really the question I, as an individual citizen, should be asking myself. You know, a country that where it seems the citizenry had come to that realization already is is Nigeria. Okay. Um, and <laughs> uh, it, it it's amazing traveling through a city like Lagos, okay, uh, yeah. where everybody seems to be busy. Everybody seems to be on the move. No one is relying on the state. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if if I can't get a job, I'll create my own little job. If if that means uh, I'm going to use my skill set, my my ability to create sculptures and great art, or my ability uh, to be a great carpenter, or my ability to be a fantastic mechanic, or maybe it just means uh, selling water at at streetlights. So be it, and I'll use that as my social upward mobility vehicle. Yes, uh, yes. And 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 that is sort of the attitude I I, I learned that a lot of people in Lagos had. Um, and in South Africa, though, is that we are not yet there. And this yes. is because people in, in, in large part can still, uh, uh, you know, rely on the state. In large part, people can still say, if I don't have a job, yeah, the state yeah. will, will, will bail me out somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, so that's an error that we as South Africans have made. Uh, it's interesting that you, you, you share the Nigerian experience. And some of the countries in, in, in Africa... I know I was speaking to colleagues from uh, Ethiopia. Yeah. And they were shocked that in South Africa, the government provides housing, free housing. And so you, you must understand that some of the things that the government does, we understand it is out of they are trying to help. Yeah. But it's actually not helping. It's, it's damaging us as a citizenry. So instead of me being creative and innovative to say, how can I sort out my own shelter? No, don't worry, the government will provide. Uh, and it's very interesting that some of the things that the government promises they will do for us, they cannot afford to do. I mean, the very fact that you've got 9 million people that are unemployed, it's saying, what is our tax base? And you look at the number of people that are employed, you have a very thin tax base, but to expect that from that very thin tax base, the government can do so much to support the citizenry, yeah, yeah. it is a serious error. And hence I say, these are, this is why we are in the, 
difficult situation we are in. Yeah, no, uh, that 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 really is it. Uh, and and you know, government either uh, will be in a massive crisis when that thin tech space becomes even thinner oh. uh, into the future, and then they can't continue to do the things they want to do, such as social expenditure, uh, focusing on housing, healthcare, yes, education, yes. and that sort of thing, right? And and that's the crisis uh, that will come about. Uh, if 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 there isn't a immediate turnaround, that's right? That's it. That's it. And 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 so, you you are faced with the challenge, mm. or at least the state is faced with the challenge, mm. of giving a long term solution to what seems like an immediate problem, yeah. and oftentimes that is an, an unpopular thing, right? Very true. It's difficult to sell that. Mm. Mm. Uh, and, and and to be honest, I wouldn't like to be the guy that has to sell that idea, right? <laughs> I, I I definitely wouldn't want to be the president and say to people, hey, look, yeah. it's going to be tough for 15 years, but we need to have this long-term approach to an immediate economic issue. People like the short-term approaches. Yeah, yeah, people like yeah. the idea that, hey, we're going to have a job summit. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to have an investment summit. And then from that summit, people are going to give us money and hopefully we'll get some jobs. You, you, know? Know? you know, people love that sort. Of, it, it seems something is being done yeah, in the yeah. immediate. Yeah. Uh, th- and that is the, the general political attitude, right? It, it is It is a big error. Hence, hence we were saying earlier on, if, if we were, if, if the two gentlemen were meeting tonight or tomorrow, uh, our minister Tito Mboweni and our president Cyril Ramaphosa, they need to look at the two areas to say, short term, what do we do? And what is the impact of what, what we're doing in the short term and the long term? And I'm saying, Let's look at history. Let's let's look at our uh, our economic growth over the past ten years, twenty years. Let's look at our employment rates and unemployment rate over the past ten years, twenty years. The truth of the matter is something needs to change urgently. The the fact of the matter that the three key elements of production, labor, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, these are the three key areas that have been neglected. And we cannot continue neglecting them if we want a growing economy yeah fantastic conversation man i there's so much more i'd like us to uh, explore about king but uh, we will have to leave it there for today yeah. uh, quite a lot to really go and think about uh and and and, and you know, I, I hope that uh, somebody up top listens to this conversation <laughs> <laughs> or will catch the podcast. That was uh, Obakeng Khaidate, who is a success coach, an accountant, and a corporate law consultant by profession. Uh, if you missed this conversation, it will be up on some uh, on podcast, and you can uh, find it on Cape Talk or on the 702 website. Obakeng, thank you so much for coming into the studio. It was wonderful. Thank you very much. We'll be back right after this.